Welcome to the podcast, 10 Solutions for a Feminist Climate Resilient Recovery. I am Maria Lee from the global network, WOCAN, Women Organizing for Change in Agriculture and Natural Resource Management. The current global crisis presents a unique opportunity to put climate resilience at the center of the conversation around what is important and how to build a better future for all. The solutions to build resilience to crisis are linked to the preservation of our Earth's resources and the stewardship of these. In this podcast series, we will be sharing 10 solutions for a climate resilient post-recovery through conversations with international thought leaders. In this episode, I speak with Nira van der Geest, CEO of the Fair Climate Fund, a social venture that invests and trades in CO2 reduction certificates that benefit people, mostly women and children, that are most vulnerable to climate change to give them a more sustainable livelihood. Nira shares her perspective on the importance of investing for social and environmental impacts and calls for more transparency in the way impact is measured and how benefits are shared with those that enable this impact to happen. Good morning, Nira. Good morning, Maria. Thank you so much for joining this podcast to share your perspective on, on the need to invest for social and environmental impacts. The way we deploy capital has the potential to shape the world we live in, to improve livelihoods, and in the current context, can contribute to increasing resilience to future crises. But for that to happen, those investments need to incorporate a social and environmental lens in their business model. And in the last few years, there has been an increasing interest and growing market for impact investment. Just recently, the, the GENE, the Global Impact Investment Network, published their 2020 annual impact investment survey, which estimates the current market size at $750 billion. However, in this investment world, we also see that some gaps remain, in particular in relation to funding and investment vehicles that benefit women and women's organizations, or look at this intersection of climate and women. So, Nira, for over 10 years, you have been the director of the Fair Climate Fund, which is in many ways quite unique in the world of investment funds. Can you explain the model of the Fair Climate Fund and how it contributes to building social and climate resilience as well as empowering women? Yes, Maria, thank you for this opportunity and, and being in touch with you on this very interesting subject um, of impact investing and impact on women and climate resilience. Like you say, we started 10 years ago. And why did we start? Because um, what you see in, in climate change, that the people who are most vulnerable to climate change often don't contribute to it. So if you look at the world, um, 
you see that in many developing countries, uh, people face changing weather patterns, uh, rainfall is different, droughts come up, and there is a lot of impact, although they don't cause it. Uh, if you look at the world, the, the developed world is causing climate change. And we saw that, that, that that's not fair, huh? that we emit a lot of greenhouse gases while the, the people, and the, those are women, households, children, they suffer the most. So in a, in a sense, we thought that's not fair and let's, let's make, develop a solution for that using a market-based approach. And our market is the carbon market. And when the, the Kyoto Protocol was signed, there was also a CDM mechanism established in which technology would be made available for people that don't have access to funds that make new technologies accessible. So there was an opportunity to use a market that was coming up and to, to leverage the, the inequality between those who emit carbon emissions and those who suffer from the carbon emissions. So we um, actually invest in, in communities that uh, have no access to funds. Uh, we pre-invest there. Uh, those are like two, three million um, euro uh, amounts. <clears throat> And we invest in those communities through local partners that implement cooking. And why cooking? Because cooking is at the heart of, of food security, of wood use, of, of well-being of people, resilience of people. So we start at the heart of families. And, and also because wood use is like 90% um, coming from, from biomass, from trees, from from wood um, that is also growing in the environments and make the environments of the, the villages a good place. So cooking causes a lot of de deforestation. So we start there. And also because with different cooking methodologies like clean cooking, biogas, uh, you also reduce carbon emissions. And then I come back to your question why do we use fair trade climate standard because it really includes um, the, the, the households and let them earn the money from the carbon markets and what you see in the carbon trading carbon credit trading and that it is often not benefiting the households themselves not the women not the children that are producing the carbon credits but mostly the traders that apply for a gold standard uh, certification. So the money doesn't come to the households. And that is something we are very much focused at, that the money should come at the household level at, in the communities. Also to make them more resilient. We do not only supply cook stove, but we give also training to the communities, to the women that give the training uh, for making those communities more climate resilient. We have, for example, a climate academy in which we train everybody involved in, in, in this project to, to take care of, of the trees, to replant trees, to be aware of how their social and environmental um, uh, how it looks like, huh? how you can improve. So we empower the women to make them more, to raise their voices also uh, to 
conserve their natural environment and to replant trees for for using as a as a fuel for cook stoves because you it's an integrated problem it's not only implementing cook stove it needs capacity building for women to make sure that they want to get access to this clean cooking but also to replant trees to to apply different cultivation methods on their land all to make those communities more resilient so that is in brief uh, i could go on but this is in brief what we do and the main thing is that our aim is to help communities to get income for making themselves more resilient mm -hmm. no i think it and this is why i find it's really unique uh, in this model this combination of, of bringing the, the market approach So mm -hmm. that corporates and individuals can contribute to direct funding as well to the communities. And the idea that, as you mentioned, is not about giving a cooking stove. It's about capacity building and knowing that certain activities in particular will provide uh, income and, and more uh, empowerment to women. Can you give an example of uh, a project where you have seen this combination of um, impacting um, the climate in terms of climate resilience, but also women's empowerment. If you could give an example of a, of a, of a project, and yeah. I know you're also looking at, at activities around microcredit, so I would like to have your thoughts mm -hmm. on that. Yeah, one nice example is in India, where we ha have implemented a huge cook stove project in which women were initially very afraid to stand up in any meeting. Um, so, so when we were there, uh, I was attending a village meeting in the evening and uh, some women stood up and, and, and raised their voices to, to, to have more, well, more access to, to the, the credits to, to get it or to the stoves and, They, they were actually doing like uh, planting trees. They had vegetable gardens themselves. So in that project, we not only focused on the cook stove, but while training these women, they were able to stand up in a village meeting that they never did before. So for me, that was a, an example in which they really um, were empowered to, to raise their voice, to to say what they wanted, and, and that was initially not the case at all. And I could, well, explain some more examples in Burkina Faso. We give um, women access to microcredit that they can spend on their own way for income-generating activities, and we have an, an activity on biodiversity conservation also, yeah, which is also impacting on their their agricultural production because without biodiversity in your environment you won't have pollination for your crops for example so it cannot be a single intervention that you're aiming at to for this this type of project and that is what i think is impact investing that you look you have a wider scope than only one intervention that that could make the return. You should also focus at the integrated way of improving lives of the people. Mm -hmm. And 
so it means that over the, the last 10 years, the model itself has evolved. And as you said, it started from looking at the carbon and, and, and climate and, and cookstove to more initiatives that, in a way, um, are about listening to the needs of the woman. So I wanted to ask you, based on, on this model of the, the Fair Climate Fund um, and the lessons that you think you have learned, um, what are the dimensions that, that you believe need to be considered when designing some investment uh, programs if we want for those investments to enhance climate resilience and promote gender equality? Well, for, for me, the dimensions and for us, what we learned is that, that the money that is invested should end up in the, in, in the actors, if you call it actors, that need to, to keep on the change, huh? that, need to, that incur the change. So for us, that is the household level. And, and the, the, the families, and they need to be convinced about this intervention. And they need to be steering and guiding the, the investors what to do and how to do it. And that's not only about making a profit on the investment, but that is also by listening to the, to the, to the women, to the men also, to the children, what they really need to improve their direct social environment in which cooking is one of the intervention, but it, it also has to do with agricultural production to safeguard agricultural um, yields, etc. So it's not, um, yeah, it, it needs to be a, a bit wider. Like I said, the climate academy is something that touches upon this dimension that you refer to. Uh, so you need to have a, a wider dimension than only your your income and your return on investment, in my view. I think many impact investors, they do value the impact, but it should come on top of um, a very interesting return on investment, which is for their investors the minimum to participate. And there, I think it should be including a, a, a bit more of the other impact and value it, maybe like Wokan and the W plus standard is doing, that you value and give an, an certain value to a unit that is produced, that you should be very transparent about the impact that you generate, not only financially, but also on your other impact. So be transparent and make it very clear who is benefiting from the intervention. And I think that should be added to the dimensions that are, yeah, for many impact investors, not really on their scope. They do tick boxes. They do look at SDG impact, but they're not really very clear on how much impact really ends at the people they are aiming, focusing at. In a way, it's about looking at performance in a different way. As, yeah. as you said, it's like social and, and environmental performance should be part of a performance of an investment vehicle. Exactly. And also what you see in impact investors, there is, of course, it is difficult to measure at any level. Huh? If you invest in communities, you should 
be clear about who is getting what impact. So for the impact investors uh, lens, it could be ticking boxes because women have an advantage. But how much impact is there? Is that for them or is it just ending up somewhere else? I mean, who is getting which money and who is getting which impact? That should be much more clear. That's not often made clear in any reporting or whatsoever. Mm. And I think it's also a dimension of the, the, the Fiat Climate Fund, this benefit sharing, always keeping in mind how yeah. the, the benefits are shared um, with the, the community and, and how this can happen. Yeah, indeed. And giving women and the households access to those very commercial carbon markets to make it inclusive markets and, and really do what you say uh, in terms of uh, giving women a share. Mm-hmm. So my next question is, is really about the, the incentives. You know, we said we want for this change in mindset around performance, um, really having a focus on benefit sharing and understanding that those that are the ones implementing and occurring consequences also of climate change are the ones that need to have a larger amount of the, um, the benefits from, from those investments. What do you see could be incentives for um, investors, and in particular impact investors that already look at, at the, the impact dimension, to, to embrace more of what the Fair Climate Fund is doing in a way? Yes, yeah, a very good question, not easy to answer, but I think impact investors as an incentive for them would be to, to uh, be stimulated to to give more insights in their impact who is getting what and not that that if you have an investor uh, portfolio that you really that the questions are asked uh, who is benefiting where is the money going what are the social and environmental impacts and that if in a case there is how you often see impact investors going into areas where there is money go, come, going in and coming out, but that the impact on environment and, and women or children or men, households, is not really well taken into account. Huh? You should really do a thorough analysis on the SDG impact in the wider scope. And they should also look at, at hard figures. Investors should look at figures because women are often very good in repayment of they they have a strong repayment reputation so women are quite well um, a good target group for investors i would say um, and there should be more hard figures on that to convince investors to um, focus on women when women entrepreneurs and in that sense um, it would be great if there would be a market for this type of impact. Um, I think one of the incentives of, of impact investors would be that also on top of the climate impact, you would have a market for other impact, like women impact or health impact. And I know the gold standard and all standards are working on it, but there is not yet really a good market, although it comes up, but it's not yet really a big market so beside climate it should be in well there should be a higher price on on the 
on the other impact that is included in those carbon impacts. And, and we see that if you have a transparent story about who is benefiting, you can have a much higher price because it's clear that the impact we cause on, on households, I mean, if you pay only two or three euro per ton carbon credit, you cannot really solve the problem that is caused by your emission. So you should take into account all the other impacts that you need to recover by your your climate project. And in a way, it's recognizing also the interlinkages between the impacts of climate change on um, you know, social and also economic uh, um, livelihoods of, of exactly. the people. And so it, recognizing that and valuing it. And I think you, you also mentioned that it's about, in a way, uncovering opportunities for investors to understand that investing in women is an economic opportunity. And uh, I think, as you said, there is some work that is being done in terms of the standards. You mentioned the W plus standard, but more needs to be done. And maybe it's about the, as you said, the um, uh, having hard figures, kind of speaking the language of investors, yeah. but with this lens of climate and social and women's empowerment and leverage yeah. the fact that it's, it is opportunities. Yeah, and, and you would also want cli- uh, investors, impact investors of philanthropy, um, uh, venture philanthropies to make clear what, what returns they earn compared to the, the money that, that flows to the community. Who is really getting the, the the rewards of their impact investing exercise? Huh? And that is something very intransparent often, that you don't know all those nice words, huh? impact investors, who is really having the money and, and the returns of these impact investors. Mm-hmm. And that's something that should be much more transparent. We often see is that, that, for example, in the carbon credit uh, world, you see often that companies that provide cook stoves are the ones that get the carbon credit income. While the women or the man who purchases a cook stove is really paying the, the, pr- the full price for the cook stove. But at the same time, the carbon impact is not a done or produced by the by the cook stove distributor it's produced by the women who cooks but she never she often doesn't get any income from that so suppose prices are getting high the ones who who take the advantage of this cook stove exercise of women is not the woman itself but is the cook stove distributor and i think there it should really change also because those cookstove uh, sellers, they claim the impact that is generated by the women. So that's really not fair in my view. As you know, we have, um, we have called this podcast um, Solutions for a Feminist Climate Resilient Recovery. And I think some of the ingredients for that were already mentioned in our conversation, but I wanted to ask you specifically if you have um, what does it mean for you to take a, a feminist approach when we design and we implement those investments? 
for me, um, that breaks down to the fact that uh, the ones who produce, like I just said, the produce and make the impact, which are the women in this sense, that they get the reward uh, and that they get the income from that and that they get the benefits from that instead of, of having someone else to take those incomes from the carbon credits. So um, the feminist approach would be to, to open up your eyes and see who is making this uh, whole system work. And that is, well, there are, of course, also men who do the cooking huh? in any country. And I don't want to discriminate on men. But if you look at households, it's often the women who um, collect fuel wood, the water, produce food for the family. So they are really in the heart of the food security and the livelihood improvements. Although, of course, men also take part of that. But um, for cooking, it's mainly women. So they should be rewarded for that and that would be my feminist approach that in the carbon world it's not acknowledged that um, that the women should be in the heart of the decision making and the income generation by clean cooking um, by the activity of clean cooking and that's something I would love to have is, is a, a device in which women could get, earn a direct income by cooking in a clean way so that they could get the incomes but also make savings to purchase the next cook stove because what we see that it is often the man who decides about the household funds so in case we see a project in which we provided uh, the cook stoves you see also that there is no savings done to replace the stove so in that sense, it also needs to be part of the whole um, project setup that there is funds reserved for replacing the cook stove and that the decision making, if a woman earns by it, is also done in a way that um, the cook stove can be replaced from the, from the cash money from the households and that the man knows, okay, we need that device because we earn money with it. Mm. Yeah, so it is about having women at the, at the core of the initiatives and, and being decision makers. Exactly. Not forgetting that women, men need to be engaged. And yeah. the question around the sustainability, having in place mechanisms that allow exactly. uh, sustainability beyond the, the, the project intervention. Yeah. yeah, just an example. If you look at our project, we see that, that the man is deciding about the cash a distribution in the households. So if cooking becomes a business, becomes an income generating activity, that would change the, the, um, the capacity of a woman to decide about her own funds. So that would be something that for me would be ideal, having a feminist approach in the carbon market and in our fund to get to give women access to those funds really to decide what they can pay with it and have them at the heart of this whole carbon inclusive markets. So maybe that's part of your call to action as we coming to the end of this interview um, and you had to send a call to action in particular, I guess, to investors and impact investors. What would it be? Mm. Well, my first 
Um, uh, call to action would be for every impact investor, make clear who is getting what benefit. Be transparent about your SDG impact that you claim. Who is getting what impact? And bring it beyond ticking boxes and, and say, okay, this contributes to, of course it contributes, but who is benefiting from that? So more transparency and more um, real impact measurements. That would be my first call to action for impact investors. The second one would be uh, to, to make carbon markets more inclusive to women. Like I just explained, to give them more access to the carbon income that they generate. Women are generating the carbon emission reduction. So give them the rewards for that, not only by giving them a training, but make them, give them access to funds, to cash. That will empower them. And the third one that for me, the call to action for impact investors would be uh, focus on a larger time period, a longer term time period. I mean, if you want to reach impact, you cannot earn back in two to three years. That's simply very difficult if not impossible so take a longer time horizon convince your investors that you cannot get your money back in two to three years but make it five at least and adopt longer longer investment horizons and my last call for action would be looking at the amount of 715 billion dollars of impact investors globally I would do a call for action to really look at what your impact is on the lives of people who, who are at the base of the pyramid and have there also very clear the, the social and environmental impact that you have with your investments on the people who really are impacted by climate change. Now, these are great messages and call for action. Well, thank you very much again, Nira, for accepting our invitation. It was a great pleasure. Thank you, Maria. And thank you, welcome. You've been listening to Wokan Podcast, 10 Solutions for a Feminist Climate Resilient Recovery. If you want to know more about Wokan's activities, please go to www.org. You can also follow us on Twitter, Facebook and LinkedIn.